Welcome to Unload the Week. I'm John G. And I, I'm here with Michael Poner and Jonathan Smith. Hello, everyone. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, so if you want to explain to people, um, I guess I already said who you are, but like what you do, not necessarily for a living, but your your special how, ability, how, your how, superpower. How does, why does, I'm here? <laughs> yeah, why you're well, here. Why he's here, but so I'm just like, that, that's crazy, though, just to be like, who are you? What? What and especially are you? with <laughs> how dare you? How dare I? <laughs> but with even with me knowing Jonathan, like just asking somebody of our friends group, like who are you? Yeah, like what <laughs> you? you're gonna have to go like this for a second. Well, hmm. I I wear many hats, <laughs> no, many many times. Of the, the reason day. the reason why you're here. Let's say that. Well, the reason I'm here is to talk about the supernatural. I uh, am. A gifted reader. I read uh, tarot and astrology and a few other things, you know, just kind of dabble in some other things, talking to spirits of that nature. So I have some insight into religion and spirituality. Nice. All right. Well, let's get involved, people. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. So, Jonathan, um, so you're you're a medium. You no, describe yourself, or how far. how would you describe what your talent is? No, I'm a I'm a reader. I like to set people on their path. Medium is someone that speaks like pretty candidly to the dead or to spirits. And every once in a while, I can get something along that line, but that is not my forte. Although I know people that do. Hmm. So, um, as far as like uh, reading, uh, you're like you were taking some info from me, and that's going to kind of give you, like, let's say my like my specific sign, like my moon, how it was, and all that stuff, like that. Does Correct. that all in? Play yeah, when you look that? at an astrology chart, you're looking at where all the planets and the stars were at the moment of your birth, and it's just like. Uh, when you take a deep breath, your first breath that you took into the world, you pulled all of that energy into you. So the only thing I can kind of bring it close to is uh, the difference between a child being born in an open field surrounded by green, you know, green fields and flowers and fresh air versus one being born next to like a sewage pit. Mm. You know, where the first breath is going to have a big impact on you in some way. So That's it's cool. the same idea, astrologically speaking. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. Like when Violet was born, since she was born C-section, um, my wife goes to this chiropractor who's, she believes in energies and crystals and things like that. Um, and she was like, first off, you're not having a natural birth. She's going to be C-section. Like she told her that the first time she went and saw her. And so she told her, she said, make sure that when she's born, you rub down her head and body because there's a whole there's a whole energy that goes into passing through the birth canal and coming out head first and yeah kind of experiencing it in a natural so it's way like, like carrie was like you get violet and you start rubbing her immediately <laughs> it's like <laughs> as soon as they brought violet in i just ripped my shirt off for the skin to skin contact <laughs> So like, no. give him my baby. <laughs> right here. Right here. Just place her on my chest, and I just, I remember I, I'm just rubbing her, and 
you know how I am about, like, I am open to the idea of a spiritual realm, but I have a lot of trouble with it. Violet has opened my mind up a lot more to those things, but I remember just, I'm rubbing her down and, and talking to her and speaking all these things into existence that I want for her and how great I think she's going to be. And I remember I just started going like, <laughs> I just started crying. I'm like, this is my baby. <laughs> like, I'll kill so, for you. So I don't know. I don't remember exactly how I came into that. But like, when did you first realize that you were a gifted reader? Like That's when did, a good question. When did you first... I guess, decide, like, I can do this, I'm going to do this. Well, it's very difficult because I grew up in a very religious household. So when you grow up that way, but you you know that you have an ability that other people can't see and you don't even have a handle on, you have to be careful because is it, is it a gift of the Holy Spirit or is it Satan? Mm, right. Because so, that's very touchy in, in a very uh, religious household. Absolutely. Yeah. Because so, we were pretty religious in our household. Mm-hmm. Speaking on that, you were what what I refer to as a Bible thumper. Yes, very while, much so. Right? And so do you remember your turning point? I remember when I bought, I'd always been interested but I am a, an avid Wizard of Oz collector, and I think that collecting has no bounds. I also collect Star Wars and Buffy the Vampire Slayer memorabilia. But it's a good spread. He's, he's an all-around cool yeah. guy. Like he's spread. pretty well-rounded. <laughs> Got all but the bases covered there. There was a tarot set that came out called the Tarot of Oz, and oh. it was built around L. Frank Baum's books. Not so much the movie, but the the books. And if you're familiar with the tarot, there are two arcanas. There's the major arcana, which are the first 21 cards. And they have to do with like big major things that happen in your life. And then there are four suits, much like a traditional card deck of the ace, the spade, the um, diamond, and the heart. So uh, although in this case, we usually call them pentacles, wands, swords, and cups. And they run uh, an ace through the ten of that suit, and then there's a page, a knight, a queen, and a king. And so uh, those all kind of told four of the stories in the suits from Oz. And I remember when I bought it, and I said to God, God, I'm only buying this because it's (laughs) Wizard of Oz, and I'm a collector. Yeah. But then one day I thought, you know, of course, you know, you go through things in your life that make you question a lot. and So one day I just decided, you know what, I'm going to try it. What the hell? So I pulled them out, and I kind of did a little pseudo-reading for myself, and I thought, you know, I wonder if I could get good at this, like really good. So I ended up getting a um, Rider weight tarot deck, and I found a lady that lives in Fenton. She has a uh, head of business there, and uh, she is a medium. She speaks to the dead, but she had on staff an astrologer-slash-tarot reader who has become a great mentor of mine. Uh, throughout the years and I took a class with her and she taught me pretty much how to read and how to interpret some of the things that that I was seeing and so that helped a lot and that was probably this point now about 15 16 years ago um you said interpret so you're interpreting it like through your view or is it is there like a set rule like this is you know what I mean like 
it's structured like this means this and that's it. Oh like, yeah, definitely. It's it's all it means. All of it means something specifically to the card. The card means something specific and relative to. If you're doing a reading spread, then wherever I put the card in the spread, each one of those positions represents something. If it's straight up or if it's upside down, that means something. Okay. And then of course the interpretation of it comes in the. Uh, in the general spread and how they in other cards in that spread influence one another. Okay. So it's not you, you know, thinking it this way, this is almost like degrees. I have no idea what is going to come up. Yeah. And you're just reading what it tells you. You're not adding your, your, your own personal, yeah, your personal beliefs into it. No, not mine, but sometimes you'll get a, a spirit guide or an angel or, something come through and, and, and say, Hey, this is what this means. And then even when you get kind of stuck up on something, because, you know, sometimes when you do these things, some people get very resistant to it, especially when you tell them something that they don't want to hear. So there are other avenues of getting clarification, whether it's meditating on the card or using a pendulum. I have a pendulum that I ask or, uh, runes. There's all sorts of different avenues just to say, Hey, can I get clarification? Or you can even just flip another card. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote down, um, Back to what Michael said about when his daughter was born via C-section or vaginal birth. Does that necessarily, is, is, is there something in the realm that you, uh, that you work in that says this is not better, but is there a difference? Of as, course there is. Yeah. As far as like, you know, their first breath and all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. they're coming out in a different way than natural. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't know if that had any specifics, like if you had something that told you like a specific, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, I guess. Um, Are you saying is the breath different because it's a chosen breath as opposed to one that comes naturally? Maybe. Because of the, like, because doctors are now choosing a birth date as opposed to the body choosing the birth date. Or is that true? Or is is that kind of stuff already predestined? Yeah. And it doesn't really matter. Well, I mean, (laughs) the soul has already decided when it's going to come into this world and you don't, you don't get an option to make that choice for that soul. I mean, we, we had a C-section section section scheduled Mm. and Violet was like, no, no, I'm I'm coming two weeks before that. (laughs) I would say that there's no such thing as surprises. The soul knows when it's going to incarnate. Well, an interesting thing, I'm sure my wife has told you, Jonathan has done readings for me, Gary, and Jonathan's one of my very best friends, and we go pretty way back. Um, (laughs) But her chiropractor who told her, she was like, Violet is definitely coming as a C-section. In one of her former lives, she died in the birth canal. So she is coming out that way. Huh. Um, son of a gun. I lost where I was going with that. <laughs> well, we were talking about uh, the the difference between a C-section and vaginal birth. Yeah, I got that. Uh, and breath. Just, just how you're, I, I guess you're saying the, the soul chooses. And, and Violet was very, like, we actually tried. She was breached the entire time. Like, there was no way. And breach means your head is up by like it's, yeah it should probably be carries heart like yeah. towards that way rather than towards her vagina. Um <laughs> yeah. That's um, a good, yeah, it's a so perfect word. It's it's like even when they tried they tried turning her 
manually. That's in Violet. Yeah. Violet would turn and get halfway there, and the doctor would let go for a second, and she'd boing right, right back, right back mm-hmm. up. Like, nope, that's not how I'm coming. Yeah. And her uh, chiropractor told her she was like, she is not coming that way. She has decided how she's coming into this world, and that's exactly how she's coming, and that's exactly how she came. Like, yeah. We tried. Carrie tried at home remedies. Like we bought a medicine ball for her to bounce around on and spin and try to do all these things to move Violet. And she's like, nah, (laughs) I didn't like how I died before in a previous life. So, yeah. So, so is there a way, does it tell you like to read it this way for uh, maybe it's too specific, but like for you read this way for a natural birth or you read this way for a C-section, it doesn't matter. It's just, the timing of which you came into this world. No, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, okay. Um, you, I wanted to get back to like, um, I guess religion, or mm-hmm. you were very religious growing up. Mm-hmm. Maybe still are. I don't know. Nope. Um, but like, how much, how much turmoil did that cause you? Like, you know, wanting to do this, but then also all this, all this God fearing part of you is very scared to delve into that. Like how bad I remember that? when I went to my first class, I looked up in the air and I went, rebellion. <laughs> and I, got in the car. I thought, well, either I'm going to pay for that one day very dearly or <laughs> I'm starting on a new adventure. Yeah. Were, I, I'm sorry which could be the Which could be the right one. You don't even know. <laughs> exactly. But like, do you remember the store Blue Moon? In yeah, Tennessee? Yeah. I re- So before I started believing in any, like I, I lost my faith when I was 17 but I still have got it rattling around. Mm-hmm. Like how uh, Kyle Kinane says, like, you know that marble in a spray paint can? He's like, that's my religion up there. That's how I am. Yes. Every once and I remember walking side. in the blue moon and just getting this feeling in my chest, like, I shouldn't be in here. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I can tell you why. Oh, I would like to know why. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you why. I had the same feeling I had to leave there once. They didn't smudge. And you know what smudging is. It's oh, when yeah. you go through that home with sage. and So you're dealing in a place that deals with a lot of energy. So people are coming in. We're made up of energy. We have energy. <laughs> We're losing it. <laughs> we have energy all around us. And uh, I think especially for those of us that are spiritual and we understand these things, it's our responsibility to smudge. They didn't really smudge. And so... Uh, they had a lot of negative energy that was in that building. How can you open a store a like that and not smudge? That's a really good question. I don't know. I had to leave mm. once in a very fast hurry. I walked in and I felt, so for lack of better terminology, I would call it like a demonic presence. And so mm. what that means, when you're when the only way I can describe anything like this is um, when you're in the presence of angels, it's very lighthearted and, 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 and you feel uplifted, you know? And you can feel that way when you go to church, synagogue, uh, in, in the, your backyard, out in nature. I mean, there's so many places. But um, demonic energy, the only way I can really describe it is if you've ever swam to the bottom of an eight-foot pool and you feel all that pressure that's pushing in on your head and stuff, mm. you know? So you feel that, though. Mm-hmm. It, and it kicks in. And that's what happened to me when I went in there once, just talking about this store that's no longer in existence. <laughs> but uh, I went out really fast, and I had to really quickly clear out my energy. And, and I'm like, what the heck happened? So I went in there maybe a couple of days later, and I was talking to some of the people that worked behind the counter. And she said, oh, my gosh, yeah, two days ago, I remember when you popped in, this lady came in, and she had lost her dad. 
and she had and she was going through a divorce so all these terrible things were happening to her and she was standing right about where i had walked in and she before i got there and she was just like letting it all out like like just being wild about it like mm. just crying and screaming and so all this energy was just going everywhere that was off of her and of course when you open yourself up like that those types of forces mess with you so um Smudging is. Do you recommend that be done by somebody that knows what they're doing, or just somebody that wants to buy something on Amazon? <laughs> as far as like some sage and a little ashtray to do it yourself, and you read you instructions. Yeah, you so can it's okay to do, do it, it yourself. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my wife smudged the house. Good. And um, she's very particular about that. She collects, you know, um, geodes and crystals yeah, and certain rocks vibration. and stuff like that she charges them, charges them in the windowsill when there's a full moon and all that yeah. stuff i just recently learned about moon water have you ever heard of moon, moon water no it's like where you put water in I, i'm a part of this coffee group on facebook and somebody <laughs> was go. like here we go. Someone's <laughs> like, have you ever made coffee with moon water and if so what was your experience and i'm like well hold on a second because they just discovered actual water on the moon who has access to it <laughs> and if, if it's someone in this group we're we's about to be friends we're making coffee right? exactly. <laughs> i just that wouldn't be a waste to me no <laughs> not at all it's coffee water. out of moon water yeah, yeah. If anything but no it's more water it's like it. they you put these like mason jars or anything outside during a full moon or in the windowsill and okay. around other crystals and stuff too with and you put your intentions like like obviously not you don't write it down but you know for lack of a better term you you spill from your mind your intentions into the the vessels of water and then it gets charged by the full moon and yeah you drink it, you bathe in it, you do anything you do with water in it. And I'm like, I don't have crystals, <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking about doing it. Like, just next time there's a full moon, just put some water out and make some coffee out of it and see what the hell happens. Yeah. Like, this year for my birthday, I was like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to start Char- out. I'm gonna, charge some water. <laughs> I'm going to go to the gym. I was like, I'm going to go to the gym and see if that changes anything. Like, I was like, I'm going to blast my legs to shit. And, uh, so far, it has not made one bit of difference. <laughs> like, granted, maybe maybe it's part of like a a peace of mind thing, kind of. It, it could be because the night before, I drank a lot. I drank like half of that bottle of scotch, and my wife and I got home at like one in the morning, and I'm like, "Well, I've got to get my daughter at 10. So bad. I've got to wake up early enough to be able to go to the gym and get a quality workout in. And I still, I went and I did it. And I was yeah. like, all right. It was the, it was the moon water. I didn't have moon water back then. Oh. <laughs> There's a really good documentary that you should watch then. It's called What the Bleep Do We Know? It's either you can read it. There's a book or you can watch it. And it has a, it actually has a study in what we call metaphysics. And uh, there's this really cool experiment that they do with water where they have somebody that's really angry and frustrated and and Mm. they're in the room with the water and they're sending all the energy into it. And then someone that's really, really happy, (laughs) you know, and and they're sending all of their energy into it. And it literally changed the campo structure of the water. So those that were angry and throwing it out, on a molecular level, you could see that the water would start to harden. And so you have to remember that when our bodies 
are made up of 90% water. So, of course, the moon would have, you know, those types of effects. And then our emotions, same thing. If your emotions can affect a glass of water, what does it do to your body? Yeah. And that's why that's important. Tenfold, because you're in your own head spewing this stuff. You're not saying it out loud. Well, I mean, they did a study like that with plants, exactly. too, where they, like, yelled at plants or playing and stuff, good music or, or, or played something good like music that. for yeah. it and the the plants that had the pleasantries thrived and the other ones were like mm. i don't want to be alive. see I, I i remember watching something like that on mythbusters so it has to be true but <laughs> um just what you expel your your breath helps the plants like absorb that uh, carbon dioxide because that's mm. what they breathe in. So if you go in there and you're talking to your plants, it's good to talk to your plants. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're also expelling this gas that they're like, yes, please, I want more. Um, but yeah, that's interesting as far as changing the molecular. Yeah, I have to check that that's documentary great. out. That's what did you watch that on? A friend of mine showed it to me. He had the the film. Ow, okay. I'm sure you can find it on something. Bootleg on yeah. DVD. Maybe. It's okay. Yeah. I'm sure you can find <laughs> it somewhere. Not sponsored. <laughs> yeah. No. But it talks Definitely. about all that, all YouTube this sort of stuff with for your 10 mind. Minutes yeah. At a time. So, so there wasn't a moment that you were like, I'm. It wasn't like a thing that came to you. You just kind of not stumbled upon it, but were interested in it enough to pursue it. Yeah, do you remember Miss Cleo? Miss Cleo on TV <laughs> with dancing and questions. And I was like, we I always thought, about this is interesting. And then it finally, I saw Sylvia Brown <laughs> on Montel. <laughs> and she was chewing her long fingernails and talking like this. But she was saying, oh, honey. They'd say, our, ch- our son, he's, he's been missing for over a year. Nobody knows where he is. Oh, he died. But he's in water. <laughs> he's underwater. But uh, don't worry about it. He's on the other side. He'll be fine. And I, I mean, <laughs> all this time ago, I'm watching it going, wow, that's really neat. Like, somebody can see that kind of thing. Mm. Of course, you know, I followed Sylvia Brown for a while and kind of regretted it later in life. But yeah. it kind of... She had her own thing, her own church, her own wow, uh, yeah, everything that that yeah, she believed. Too big for her britches. Yeah. So, um, not to change the subject too much. I guess we're going to stay on the subject of you and your abilities or what, what, what have you. Um, His gift. Yeah, your gift. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's a good way to put it. Um, when these moments happen, when you're when you said like, oh, there's like an angel presence or demonic presence. Are you like more tuned into that stuff? Yep. So it's it's like almost I don't want to make fun of you or anything, but like a child is, um, they don't have like a like a like a outlook or an agenda or anything like that. So it's just more raw, natural feeling. Yes, until we tell them otherwise. Yeah, we tell them that the things that they see either are imaginary, they're imaginary friends, or they're just seeing things, or they need to just you know close their close their eyes, close their ears. Yeah. And then we take that away from them. And then as we get older, if you want to, you open yourself back up again to try to get that back. That's what I was going to ask. If you just have, um, like, not a more open mind than an average person, but you're very open to thoughts and ideas. And Well, there's this beautiful thing that Yoda says in The Empire Strikes Back. You must unlearn what you have learned. <laughs> so you have to unlearn the things that you were taught by your parents, yeah. that you were taught by society. And that's really the the way to any spiritual path. I mean, it, whether you follow Jesus, Muhammad, the Buddha, it doesn't matter. I mean, or your own uh, philosophy. You have to be able to look at the world and say, these things 
they're not real. They're all mm. illusions. They're social constructs that were created to make me, I don't know, a, a, a better citizen, maybe a better control, American. Pretty, pretty Absolutely. Much control, boundaries. Yes. Because the trick is all of us are psychic and all of us can tap into that ability. Well, See, that's very interesting because um, my sister, Hannah, she's, she's, um, oh yeah, here you go. I want to hand that to him. A little beer opener. Um, Tonight we're drinking KBS yeah. espresso. Not sponsored still. And Jonathan's, Jonathan's <laughs> enjoying the <laughs> Menage Red Blend. But but, back to your sister. Um, when, when somebody says that, I don't know, I don't want to say she's psychic or anything like that, but some stuff she says kind of hits a nerve or a chord or just rings a little bit louder in your head. And, um, I feel that that's in our family kind of where we're talking to somebody and we'll say like a key word or a key sentence or phrase that makes them drop their guard like way low. Is that something that that you work on or you notice in your, in your field, I guess, as far as like, um, I don't know, not dropping their guard to be more accepting, but it, it seems like you could say some words and then they'll be like, Oh, whoa. And it's very powerful to them. And then they're just way more. Well, if I make a prediction in. that comes true, that certainly. Yeah. <laughs> or is it also, you might be more susceptible to believing it because you are in that moment. Now, I always play devil's advocate. Yeah, absolutely. I don't do it on purpose. It just it just comes about. But even you just saying that, like, are you able to break people's walls down? Well, for instance, when Jonathan does a reading for me, I try to be as open as possible, mm-hmm. making me more susceptible to believing everything he's telling me. Now, um, my last reading, unfortunately, it was on my. It was awesome that it was on my birthday. My birthday is the day after Halloween. It was a full moon. We had a fire going outside. It was awesome. I let a bunch of people go before me. <laughs> half a bottle of scotch, and I'm like, "All right, secure this reading." Like, <laughs> I remember. I, I do remember some of it. I just wish I would have recorded it or remembered more of it, because going back, I've said this probably half a dozen times on the show my daughter has really more opened up my mind and like my mind's eye my spiritual mm. eye like he's the one that my wife called the night that carrie and i bo- both saw white orbs yeah on violet's uh monitor mm-hmm. like and it's like that was most likely uncle tom and yeah and and grandma like Coming to say, hey, because Uncle Tom loved babies and Grandma's so proud of you. like, and, yeah. and it made Carrie feel that much better. And I remember that night, though, I was like, this is this is creepy. <laughs> like, I need to go upstairs. And I am that type of person to, to go, like, I'm seeing this on this monitor. I'm going in that room right now. Like, I would totally, you've got a chair in your basement that I jokingly <laughs> said, I'm going to go move that chair. Oh, you told me and about this. And there's some stuff yeah. with this chair. And he's like, don't touch that chair. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to move it. It's fine. But <laughs> just joking around, I, I would never disrespect your beliefs or even your home. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm going to move it. And But then at the same time, I know if I were to move that in my <laughs> head, I'd be like, what the hell did I just do? Why, yeah. did, why, did, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. maybe now, now i did something what's and, gonna happen <laughs> but in and even with that stuff rattling in the back of my head when i was younger i used to see a lot of things that i just wrote off to my imagination 
Or my dad would make me even more scared when I'd tell him about it. Like, he'd just frighten me even more. And I'm like, well, never talking to you about this shit again. Yeah. Um, And so, like, I shut myself off. And it's like, even now, with knowing, like, talking with you and knowing when I was younger, I was more... Just for my terminology, I was more susceptible to these things and could could see into these things. I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that because I saw way too many things that scared me. But I grew up in a tumultuous home. Yeah. Like, I, I did not grow up in a... I didn't have a positive upbringing. I, and I didn't even know that until later on in life because I, I remember, like... One of my friends telling me something about my my home life, and I was like, I didn't realize that until you just told me, yeah. and now I'm sad. <laughs> like, yeah. this is- like when I was saying I went to my friend's house, and they had dinner around the table, and they all watched a movie together, and I'm like, what's what's going on here? Like, what? <laughs> you guys had a, a cult? Too Walton. You guys had yeah. a cult? <laughs> yeah. Good night, John Boy. It's like, I didn't drink any of that juice. Um, But yeah, what were you, what, how'd we get there? Oh, as far as uh, I, I can't you remember. You were talking about children and, and seeing things. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're keeping a more open mind. Mm-hmm. Brick by brick. Yeah. You take the wall down. That's, yeah, that's, I, you were saying, yeah, that's what it was. Um, unlearning, like what, what you've learned. Mm-hmm. And that's very hard. Absolutely. For a lot is. of people. That's how the Buddha gained enlightenment. I mean, he had to unlearn. He was a prince, right? He was born into wealth. And it was only by going out and seeing the suffering of the world and thinking, I have to change my life. I have to change what I'm thinking. How can I be a servant? And then when I'm a servant, how can I find, well, in his case, he was looking for enlightenment. What is enlightenment? And for him, it was by eradicating suffering and suffering in the human condition is want. It's us wanting things. Our constant search for wanting is what makes us suffer. And, I mean, really, any spiritual path would say that. I mean, Jesus told his apostles, he told them to take their nets. You know, the they were casting them out to sea. That, that was how they made their living. They were fishermen. And he said, throw those out into the ocean. Come with me because you're going to become fishers of men. And he was itinerant. Oh. He went from village to village and, and preached. I mean, he had no belongings either. That's kind of when you think of this great spiritual teacher that's usually what it, you know one of the biggest things that you think about. As far as them having... Humility and yeah. not really owning anything, not having any possessions. But still yet having this power of mm-hmm. changing people's lives with what you're... Just words. And but always saying. persecuted because the the wealthy people, the rich people, those in power, they don't want all of us to know this about ourselves, yeah. that we are powerful, that we mm-hmm. are divine. The one thing that I always took from the Bible that I thought was interesting was when the snake told... Adam, well, told Eve, rather, that if she ate from the apple, she would be like God, that she would beca- she would come to know the difference between good and evil. And so it's, it's, it's been told to us through religion that we are unworthy, that we are born dirty and unclean and sinful. And in the case of Christianity, the only way to even approach God the Father is to be cleansed through the blood of Jesus, acknowledge his sacrifice, and then say, 
well, now I'm worthy to go to the person that created me in the first place in mm. the circumstances in which I was born and didn't even ask to be. But here I am, this unclean thing that's finally clean through Jesus. Whereas spirituality says, no, actually, we are all God. God is is living within us, regardless of whether or not we choose to accept it or even believe it. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, what the soul is, is if God was a giant ocean and you took a turkey baster and you sucked up some of the water out of the ocean and you made individual droplets, each one of those droplets is one of us. Mm. And all of us are, we're experiencing life. Everything that we do from a broken ankle to getting married to dying every, and everything in between. And all it is, is, ex, is it's experience that goes back into that spiritual body, into what we would call God or the universe. And there's an infinite number of experiences, so that's why this this whole thing that we have going on can go on for a very long time. It's not necessarily finite. Some people believe that it is, that the end is coming soon, that we're in it now. Mm. But um, not in the realm that of since like the 1400s, though. It's always yes, been end always. Times. It's always, and it's always been soon. That's the thing that's always got me. For the last 2,000 years, right. it's soon. Very soon. But the way they explain it is, well... A minute in heaven is an eternity on earth. Like they can, they can just always explain it that mm. way. And mm. it just, when you were talking about um, Jesus not having possessions and me growing up in a, I, I was in a split home. My mother was raised Lutheran. My dad was non-denominational. Like speaking in tongues. That like, was how I was raised. We get to we get to make our own rules and our rules are what goes. Those Christians nowadays speak that well no Jesus was a lord. He had wealth. He oh, had I homes. Yes. That is Joel Osteen's riding, riding uh, prosperity donkey, gospel. Riding a donkey was like riding in a Cadillac back then. Like people make fun of it. Oh, he rode into town on a donkey, Jesus. On Palm Sunday, no, that was like, that was the best thing. That was the best animal you could purchase then, and that like the and they got me for a moment too back when I believed, and I was like, yeah, like the pastor of this church, he should like. Granted, if you have a job and you do it well, and if you, you 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 should be able to provide for yourself from that job, and these con artist Christians who are able to convince people like, Hey, I'm living the way that you should be living too, but you need to pay me for teaching you how to live yeah. the way I'm living. Like it's I, completely I, the I, opposite I was like, way. well, yes, and then I remember at this one church that I went to when I was in high school, they opened up an actual Starbucks in the church. And I just remember that story. That's, that's when you would turn around about, and run away. <laughs> about Jesus going into, not the marketplace, when he flipped over tables and stuff. Like you've turned the... the oh, he, he went to the temple and the, the temple. tax collectors were in front of yeah, the temple. Yeah, and he was like, mm-hmm. you've turned this into a, a market and blah, 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 and like flipped tables. And I remember seeing an actual franchise Starbucks inside of this church. That's crazy. And then seeing... 
the pastor talk about it and like basically how you and i anytime we bring up a brand name and we say not sponsored he's like starbucks right over there sponsored like essentially don't forget to grab your frappuccino this man also by the way so as a religious leader you're not allowed to tell people like you are legally not allowed to tell people how to vote and he brought that up one night and said as your pastor i'm not allowed to tell you how to vote and these this is his words verbatim i'm no longer your pastor vote for bush okay i'm your pastor now <laughs> and they were like you so, got it well don't no no i didn't but those <laughs> no, were, I'm saying those that were <laughs> the followers right yeah. probably like well, no and then, the and sheep, then a, as they call them so then yeah, another night the flock another wednesday night i was at a wednesday night service and i had already had a bunch of reservations about this i was questioning my faith and wednesday night at this church was like if you were a part of the church this is a night you come like this is family night and he was on the stage i don't know what you call that in church but podium he was at the podium on the stage yeah and he instructed the whole congregation he said hey just start laughing and some people did some people didn't and he was like i'm your pastor if i tell you to do something you need to do it start laughing and everybody and i remember i was sitting in the front row i don't know why i was in the front row looking around looking at all these people just laughing and i'm like this is hmm. this is some cult shit yeah i got up and i left i was like no 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 it's like some absolute i don't corruption. care I don't care what you tell me to do. You're supposed to be up here like teaching me the word of God. You're not supposed to be telling me if you tell me to do something, I need to be doing it. Like I was super uncomfortable with that. I left the church soon after that because I had actually. uh, Was this when you were like around 17 at that time? Yeah, 17, 18. When you pretty much didn't give up on it, but just were like, I'm done with this part. I didn't give up on it. I, I was laying in bed. One morning before, um, so I had hockey practice at like six o'clock in the morning. And a lot of times I'd wake up at five and just dread it. (laughs) And one morning I woke up and it was the very first time I thought for myself about religion because growing up, it's just, do not question God and this is how it is and this is what we believe. And this is what you believe. You're indoctrinated into all this. But I also remember like, as a child thinking like, well, what if I was born in India? What yeah. would I be, what would I, would I, would I know that Jesus and God and the Holy spirit are the one true God? Well, more than would, likely would then you'd be a Hindu and you'd be on the pathway to hell. According right. to Christianity. Yeah. Exactly. But so I remember laying in bed and I was like, does God exist? Does God actually exist? And I got that feeling in my chest that. Boom. Yeah. I was like, Holy shit. I don't actually no for the first time in my life i do not actually believe one way or the other and i never went back yeah just you got to trust in blind faith well yeah and that's 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 what they say and i understand like i always assumed as i got older you know and and death is approaching that i would be scared enough to go and back and believe and but then I'm like, no, I won't because I know I'll be bullshitting because I want that hope 
And even it's like a false, and then and then so something security blankets so yeah. that we have something to look forward to. But, yeah. but, and then but even would you rather err on the side of caution and do so, and him not be there when you're dead? <laughs> no, because see, you this, know? this is the thing about that though. So okay, err on the side of caution and pretend to believe in God. So then, when you actually die and meet up with He's God, like, he oh, goes, hey. uh, "I know you were kidding. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck away from me." <laughs> or, or when I die and there's still a. That that brain act, that tiny bit of brain activity going on that you know how a dream will be like two minutes, but it, it's been like eight hours yeah. in the dream. So that that stuff going on in my brain, if it's like that whole same scenario though, like I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Because yeah. it's like, okay, I'm gonna pretend to believe in you, God, and then a God is like like if it is like how Christians believe your final judgment, it's like ah, I knew you were bullshitting though, so peace. Yeah. But then in my head, it's still going to be the same thing. Like I pretended to believe. Hey, imaginary <laughs> God, ah, I knew it was bullshit. <laughs> Welcome to your hell that's going to last for eternity. Mm-hmm. It's really only three minutes. Don't worry. Yeah. But it's going to be forever. <laughs> like or so. what if you're met by Shiva or Brahma <laughs> instead, and you're like. Oh, whoops. Or a giant frog. Like, I wondered yeah. that. Ah, shit. I wondered that when I was a kid. This a is lot. what I get for being born in the United States. Right. Where, like, like and when, that's, but that's the thing, too. Like, if there is one powerful, all... All-knowing. Knowing, yeah. All-powerful, all-everything, loving God, then are they really going to be... Are they really going to judge you on if you believed in that particular deity yeah or are they gonna judge you are they gonna actually even judge you at all they're gonna be like hey i created you uh you did good (laughs) yeah or you did well or hey you were kind of shitty how about we try again i think it's all about how how you treat your brothers and sisters of your people in your life i think that's like it's almost like the Ten Commandments, you know what I mean? It's just a rule book. Like, well, just from don't a be Christian a, perspective, your it, righteousness is as filthy rags. Yeah. It doesn't matter what good works you do. Yeah, well, I don't believe in that. I, I think it's do something yeah, he's for saying somebody. what he believes. Yeah, I'm saying if you do That's something. That's why he, like, anytime a woman <laughs> is buying plan B. I'll buy for her. He buys it for her. <laughs> <laughs> Is that plan B? I'll put I that got, on I, my I put you. that on my tab, bartender. Yeah. <laughs> put this in your drink real quick. No, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like Scrambled eggs. the golden rule, like that. That to me, when they taught us that in school, even or mm-hmm. catechism class or whatnot, that every religion has the golden yeah, rule, and that's it. Like treat others the way you want to be treated. Correct. Sometimes you're an asshole to yourself. You overindulge. You smoke too much that night. You drink too much that night, and that's just clouding. Not judgment, but it's clouding who you are. It's kind of like masking some stuff or whatever. But I was always, I I always thought that. Like, just if you treat somebody well, that should feel good to you. Like, it shouldn't feel bad. If well, it sends an energy out to the universe. And when you send, um, so the strongest energy in the universe is love. And you can send that to anybody. I You send it to your wife and your kids every day. Mm. You send it to your parents. You send it to your friends and, and people. And they can feel it. I mean, and you can send love to anybody. If you wanted to, you could send love to the President of the United States. Because, I mean, love doesn't know any bounds. So mm. you can send that anywhere. What doesn't go anywhere, though, is fear 
and hatred, that stays with you. It doesn't go anywhere. You can't send hatred to someone. You can't yeah. send love it because of the frequency. Okay? So but you can it send it vibrates to water? at a higher level. No, it's, you're not sending it to the water. It's picking up the environment around okay. you. You're not sending, you're not sending it sending into it. the water. Okay. No. Okay. I don't know. It, it affects the energy in the room around you. Like when you come into a room and somebody just had a fight and it's that weird Absolutely. stink that's mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. You could feel it. Yes, yes, yeah. because we are beings made up of energy. We send it out. But the the strong the 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 what more pure, more loving the energy is, the higher the vibration and the further you can send it out. But if you're just an angry, hateful, vengeful person, that energy doesn't go anywhere besides you. It stays in yeah. your energy field or in your home. You know, it stays in your immediate vicinity. It, it only affects the things that you have, which is why it's interesting. Um, you know, you could, when you're married, say you go to, you know, you get into a fight, you know, with your wife over something really dumb and uh, you're, you're really mad about it. Maybe, maybe she, I don't know, left toilet paper all over the, <laughs> the toilet seat. She pissed on the toilet <laughs> yeah. seat again. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, and you're like, oh man, I can't stand that, you know, and, and she's laying down and, and she falls asleep and she's just snoring, you know, sweetly. And you're just, and they're going, oh man, she's just so irresponsible. It makes me so mad. And, you know, eight hours go by and you got maybe two hours of sleep, but she got a full eight hours. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter how much anger you had. It stayed with you. It yeah. kept you awake. Yeah. That's so true. So is energy kind of like, so you're saying, okay, so it stayed with you, but it's still in the room. Mm -hmm. So energy is like those people who, by the way, anybody listening to this, if you put on cologne, people should not smell you from 10 feet away and they should not smell you when you leave. So is energy kind of like people who wear too much cologne? Yeah, like, it can be. Because how it just resonates. I think if you let it, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, not to like tell, like, I don't know. Anyways, my thing on that, I don't want to be like, oh, this is what it is. But um, it's up to you to take it how how you want to take it. Like, that's the is only it? that's the only choice you have that no one, or not not choice, but the only thing that not one person can take away from you is how you choose to react to something. That's That'll never be taken away from you. Mm, I, 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 don't, I don't fully agree with that because jump scares tell me otherwise. <laughs> but but not only just not only just jump scares like that skeleton behind you. <laughs> but like how how you were saying like if you walk into a room yeah. and people were fighting you but just that's feel a reaction that that's like the fight of fight or flight thing that's like wired into your little lizard portion of your brain that's, your chakras yeah that's like that's that's like a thing but that's a reaction yeah but that's how i'm saying choice how you choose to do something or how you choose to react you choose to, to move forward from it whatever it is you could be in prison for the rest of your life it's how you choose to take it what you're going to do with the remaining portion of whatever time you have left i get what you're saying you know what i mean i get what you're that's saying. what i that's yeah. what i think yeah i mean and you were saying about energy um i, I kind of want to tie this back into uh, like I guess I'm not tying it back in anything, but when you came into my house, do you automatically start, you start taking in the environment and like kind Ooh, of, kind actually, of building. If, if, if I can interrupt real no, quick, no. <laughs> um, I'm going to anyway. That's my energy. I'm giving you off. <laughs> well, I'm choosing not. <laughs> but a, a thing that stuck with me that, 
the first time Jonathan ever gave me a reading, which I think it was about six years ago, maybe longer than that. He was talking about how if, if he goes into a hospital to visit some, like hospitals have a lot of negative energy in them. But he's he he wasn't he said if I go into he just gave the hospital as an example he talks about a lot of places he walks into at first and I'm I'm curious if you did this tonight how he kind of imagines like a disco ball around him of energy of not energy of mirrors bouncing off energy that and any any energy that's coming towards him do you still do that and did you do that tonight I do do that it's a great visual for anybody to do yeah. It keeps negative energy away from you. It says, nope, you don't get to come in here. This is my energy field. So if you just picture yourself in a disco ball with the mirrors shoot, you know, kind of like a vampire looking in where, you know, it can't see its own reflection. So you just say, hey, nope, nothing's coming in here. So you keep yourself, in, you know, encapsulated and you're, you'll be fine. I do that constantly, but except I imagine it as a whole bodysuit. Absolutely, but you can do that. And look at all—all all that is for me is a visualization that works for me. Yeah, what works for you or you be completely different. So but when you came in here tonight, yeah, did you, you visualize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always have to. So yeah. you're doing that, um, uh, like precautionary, mm-hmm. where Absolutely. you're you're not letting the environment skew the way you're thinking or anything like that you're kind of no i try not to you're just as neutral as possible Mm -hmm. and letting everything just bounce off yeah because i also want to be a person i can't be i don't want to be on at all times um but when you first come into a place do you you know you're like oh this is bad or this is this is all right it depends on what am i there to do am i there to do that some people have hired me to come into their homes Mm. and and smudge and find negative energy or or positive yep. energy in their homes and i do that i i i did a house more recently that uh there was a man in the living room kind of like in the in the there was a it's like a hallway and then from the living room led to the bathroom and the two other bedrooms and i had to tell her there's a man here but he's not bad and i described what he looked like and she said oh my god that's my uncle he just he passed away here not too long ago. Oh. And I said, so I think that her kid was having a hard time sleeping because he kept seeing somebody. And I said, well, that's all that energy is, is it's your uncle. So it's not negative, not that particular hmm. one. But, but, yeah. Speaking of negative energies, you would not recommend somebody, for instance, like John and I, to use a Ouija board just <laughs> no. for fun. Because while, while we, drinking alcohol, we no, did no. discuss one night doing a wine and Ouija board night. No, but I, I, I ended up feeling really uneasy about it. I talked with you about it a little bit, and then you told me about a story where your cousins used a Ouija board, and you actually had to. Well, I don't know. If he this didn't is use a Ouija word. board before you, but I don't even use Ouija board before you. Before we get into that, so did you did you feel anything when you came here? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah. But I, I wasn't attempting to. Yeah, like but it's like if I do, then like I said, I would. It wasn't like Blue Moon. You'd feel everything back in '97 yeah. or something. Yeah. Blue Moon. <laughs> I that that was before I was like what you could call spiritual, and I just remember going like, ooh, I don't like this, and I feel I need to leave. There's a witch in here somewhere. <laughs> but the you were saying about the Ouija board thing. Oh yeah, so. So your cousin didn't use a Ouija board, but they they welcomed. They were trying to get in contact with their mother. So yeah, it wasn't my cousin. It was a friend of mine who had lost his mom. No, it's fine. And he and his cousin were 
decided to grab a candle, light it, and try to contact the spirit realm and see if they could get a hold of his mom, his dead mother. Mm. Now, that's kind of like a um, a four-year-old who knows how to press the unlock button on a key fob <laughs> and put it in and but start the car, It's right? kind of honest, though. Is yeah, that, it's is that like... It's not a malicious thing. It's no, it's not. Kind of, yeah, yeah it's that, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like a four-year-old like going you, like, I know where this goes, and I yeah. know how to start it, but I don't know anything about yeah. it. I don't know anything. And when you no don't, when yeah. you're not yeah. in the right frame of mind, you have to think when you lose a parent, mm-hmm. it's very traumatic. And mm-hmm. especially when you think, I need answers. I'm going to see if I can get a hold of the spirit realm because I've heard of this stuff, or hell, I'm going to try it. And, uh, I mean, they did it, but they they ended up, getting a negative spirit. I don't want to say it wasn't necessarily demonic and it wasn't, it wasn't a poltergeist, but it was, it was just a, I, the only way I can describe it was a trickster energy mm. and it knew. So it, he called me in a panic cause he says, he told me what he did. And I said, well, that you shouldn't have done that. And he <laughs> said, well, the, the flame on the candle is bending down and it's following my cousin around the room, wherever she goes, Ooh. the, the flame Ooh. turns and then they started hearing bangs you know, in their house, and then this smelly, sulfury smell yeah. or something like so that. He was like, "I don't know what to do," and Magic I said, "I'll be over there in a minute." So I Sponsor. grabbed my Van Helsing kit and went over there and burned some sage <laughs> and took some crystals and and uh, actually, I didn't end up doing it. I I told them they had to do it, so I just lit it for them, told them what I needed them to do, and they went throughout the whole house and they burned the sage and got rid of it. You didn't want to get it. A- Anything to attach to you or anything like that? No, I wasn't worried about that. I can handle that. It was just mostly they're the ones that summoned it, so I wanted them to get rid of it. Well, you decided to get on a bike without training wheels, so here you go. Yeah. Like, Um, Jonathan came to my home, and this is before I was open to any. I I was just, I was basically like, eh, I'm agnostic, but I'm more atheist than anything. And when we first bought our home, my wife was very, she was like, Jonathan's going to come and sage our home. He's going to cleanse our home. And, like, we had a few people over, and we were like, okay, everybody's got to get out. We're going to do something real quick. But even with me not believing, like, and at that time at all, just thinking, okay, this is a little ridiculous, and I'm just going to entertain you, I still, and I don't know if this is because of just who I am or theater even, I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm not just gonna play along. I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe these things I'm saying because, like, when we were going through the home, like actively join in. Yeah, and like when we were going through the home, I, I, I was interested, and I'm like, "What should I be doing?" And he's like, "Just put out positive thoughts. Put out things you want in your home." I think I could be misremembering this, but you basically just told me like, say a prayer. Yeah, didn't I also give you the some of the sage to burn too? No. No, okay. No, you held on to the sage the whole time. I I buried it. Oh, that's mm, right in the front. You had the sage the whole time. Um, and you said you found three spirits in my home. Mm-hmm. None of them malicious, and yeah. it, it did remind me though when you were talking about that one that your friend and their cousin summoned the trickster. Mm-hmm. We had one trickster. Yeah, it was in your wine cellar. Yeah, yeah, and that's the one that took you the longest. Yep, I had to get out. Talked to him for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) It was very funny, though, because of him burning sage in my home. And then we invited my father-in-law in. 
And when he walked into the wine cellar, he's like, oh, this is where they kept their weed. And we're like, no, we we staged the place. It's not weed, it's staged. <laughs> you told me about that. <laughs> no, this is weed, whatever you kids call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is weed. Um, no. So the, the spirits, um, I have written down here stone tape theory, where it's a theory. I mean, I guess a theory means that you can reproduce it with, I don't know. Anyways, um, so the stone. No, I need you to explain it. What do you mean like, you don't know? Like a theory no compared to a hypothesis. About. Like a theory means you could you can do this over and over and have have almost the same result or whatever. So it's like provable. Okay. Yes. Um, but they call it the stone tape theory where it's like energy being stored in wood and metals mm-hmm. and rocks and water is a good, I guess, uh, conductor of this. Um, so as far as like spirits being trapped or spirits that like the record just happens to hit the needle at that spot at that certain moment. That's two different things. That's two different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about a, that in particular is called a psychic imprint. Okay. And that's when you have somebody that's worked the same job for, you know, 65 years and they did the same route every day or they lived in the same house and they, you know, went, you know, from the upstairs to the downstairs every single day at four o'clock, it it leaves an imprint on the fabric of reality. And so that's, you're not seeing a ghost. You're seeing what you just said, a record player. You're seeing, you know, that, that energy play itself so out. So it's not necessarily that spirit. It's no, what they it's not left. not spirit at all. What they left. Correct. Like imprinted on, mm-hmm. that, on that certain. Mm-hmm. S- I've never heard of that. Really? And that's just eerie to me. Yeah. 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 It's a psychic imprint on the fabric of reality. So it's like that that thing isn't even doing anything. That's no. just their energy. Yep. It's they're gone. And you might yeah. and you might see them That's crazy. as what they looked like in their life. Yeah, for many years. Ooh. Or what you pr- may perceive them as what your mind wants to tell you what Luckily a, a person, I've never seen anything in my home. But I have felt awkward in my basement before, but that's only after watching something that scares me. Mm-hmm. And then I just yell at it. And I feel better. <laughs> like I'm in my basement all the like so when I'm in my basement, my, my laundry room is in my basement. My basement's old. My house was built in nineteen twenty four. That's pretty old. I did pay to see if anybody had ever died there. No <clears> one <throat> has. But like That's been recorded. I'll be no, I'm just joking. Sorry. I'm not trying to creep you. <laughs> it it didn't. I'm just it, fucking that, with that, you. Yeah, I didn't do anything. <laughs> um but like as I'm doing laundry, like my laundry's right up against the the south side of my house and i've got all this space behind me and like i'll be pulling clothes out of the washer and i just start getting goosebumps and i go knock it off like i just yell i'm like ah, stop that and i've said many times jonathan cleanse this place <laughs> how dare you <laughs> you have no power here <laughs> And then, I, but then I feel better. Sorry. Like I just, I, I it might it could be just be that, because I'm being assertive. Yeah. yeah. But I, oh, I feel so much better. But it's and also I'm like, you're, but you're it could be the dominance kind it, of. This but is that's my a house. thing too. Like, what do you do? That's here? that's not only scientifically proven the self fulfilling prophecy, but is also what I like. My dad was so big on this, like the power of the tongue, and it's like. But then also in the spiritual, like oh, I'm a spiritual person with that intention that you put behind it, with that assertiveness that I have with it. And I'm like, stop it, knock it off. I don't like this. I don't want any part of it with that assertiveness and that energy that's behind it. Maybe I am pushing something away. Mm -hmm. Well, we're in charge of this reality and God, 
made it that way on purpose. There's a reason that we have free will, and there's a reason that you can tell demons to leave you alone, just like you could tell God and his angels, I don't want you. I have no interest in you at all. Mm. It doesn't stop at just bad things. If if right. you if you can't figure out why, oh, I've been praying, not praying necessarily, I guess, but you can't figure out why you're not landing that job or or why certain things are happening to you that you think are a big bout of bad misfortune. And then it's just like, well, all you have to do is ask your angels for help or guidance. Mm. They're they're wanting to help you. They're right there waiting, but they can't do anything until you say, I'll I ask for I give you permission, please come and help me. You know, or, or however you want to pray or do your affirmation. But uh, the same rule applies for the good as it does for the bad. And I use both of those in quotes. I wonder how much of, uh, ha- have you heard of like uh, electromagnetic fields mm-hmm. causing people irritation, mental, whatever? Sure. And it could be, you have an old house. I'm not saying your wiring is from the 20s because <laughs> that'd probably be bad. Not all of it. But, but yeah, they're, you know, houses from the 50s and stuff. They had different coating on the wires that may not. They didn't have wires. They had tubes and rods. That or that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying how much of of these uh, mm. wires that aren't. Like now that you mentioned that, there was there's a home on Lafayette. Jonathan lives in my neighborhood. It's, it's a few hundred feet from you. I was working on that house with my brother back when I was trying to work eight jobs at the same time. And even my brother, Scott, who who comes, he, he has the same kind of mindset as me, like, meh, meh. But when he would run up the stairs, he would always feel eerie. And I remember being at that home one night. I had to go over there and remove a bunch of stuff because they were carpeting shit. And I was like, I am terrified to walk in this house. I've never been scared to come in this house before. And this mm. is before anybody told me the weird shit that happened at this house. Which my friend Tyler, who we called up that one night, he actually lived in that house. And told me some weird stories that happen with that shit so that and that's a very old house too and come to find out with my brother scott running up these stairs he busted the wall out and found some electrical wires that just weren't weren't properly sealed mm. like they were just twisted they weren't capped they weren't in, okay and like insulated properly or right whatever. they weren't insulated properly yeah so it's like mm. is it and then i remember this lady uh, Carla Froelich told me one night for no, because I, I was talking about how uneasy I was at that house. And this is a house full of windows. And she was like, Well, spirits live in water, reflections, and electricity. And I'm like, You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is a house full of windows, even in the basement, full of windows. Yeah, like giant windows, and I'm like, so it's just like bouncing. Just I'm just bouncing around. Yeah, and down I'm just there. downstairs, just like collecting this stuff one night, like late at night, just terrified. Like, <laughs> I don't like this. Like just yelling the whole time, like going, no, no, you can't get me. But just terrified the entire fucking time. Like, yeah, I think I don't know basements like every time i've run even as an adult not every time but most of the time when i'm running up the stairs even this basement (laughs) yeah it Ah. doesn't matter anyone's (laughs) stairs Ah. 
Something's about to grab my ankle yeah. yep. all the time. I had dreams about Thank that. Thank you, horror movies from the 1980s. That, that, I, I had mean, dreams it's on about like lions <laughs> pulling me yep. down and telling, like, I remember having these dreams about out of body experiences where I got pulled down by these two demons, and one of them was a lion. And I, I remember laying down, hands covering my eyes, and them telling, like, look at me. And I was like, I'm not going to. But I was out of my body mm. watching myself yell at these demons. Saying, no, I won't look at you. Yeah. Nah. That's nah. just weird, like the electromagnetic fields, like old wiring and stuff. It, they call it, a f- like, I think it was on one, I was watching a ghost show. So a lot of the information I have is from TV. It's not like oh, I'm you doing. You should have set up your infrared stuff down here tonight. I could have. recorded it. Um, I meant to actually tell you that, but but we didn't. They had something called the fear cage. It was like an old building, and everybody always felt weird. And it's like an old electrical box, and all this old wiring running up. You know, it's right above your head. It's at head head level in the basement. You know what I mean? It's right at your brain. And I just wonder how much of that, like EMF fields, affected these people in this just like bouncing off that. The, uh, the disco ball you have up, but they were the ones being deflected because of this field of, you know, fear mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they just were more susceptible than other people. Yeah. You have to be careful with that, particularly with demonic spirits, like going back to the Ouija board thing. It, they'll only go after the weakest person in the group. Yeah. The one that they know is going to be scared mm. or that they can have some sort of influence on. My dad had, um, <clears throat> they, they were from Yugoslavia and very old stories and old ghost stories and of witches and vampires and demons and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But they were also very religious Roman old school Roman Catholics, but still would experience spiritual things or hauntings or stories of people visiting on this day. But when they talked to somebody from towns over, Weeks later, said that oh no, that person was at my house too that that very evening, and it, it wasn't possible. Now there's a lot of folklore tales from Eastern yeah. Europe. Yeah, um, everybody thinks that the Irish and the the Scots have the the monopoly on fairies and <laughs> witches and stuff. And that's, that's where just, they started. It's just not true, um, especially vampires. Yeah, but uh, my dad had told me a story. I don't think I ever shared this with anybody on the show, or definitely you guys. Um. But my mom and dad were staying at a loved one's house that was passing away. And both my parents saw this. So that's what makes me kind of like, holy shit. Um, But they were about to get into bed. Dad's on the foot of the bed taking his socks off, whatever. The lady that was dying came into bed with them and kind of disappeared. But she was still alive in the other room, like dying. Like she was going to die, but they saw her coming to bed with them, but it wasn't her. Obviously it was like, her spirit, like her maybe, energy. like you said, maybe that, uh, that, well, there's the a imprint. word for it. Go ahead. Astral projection. Mm. So it's your, your soul, your astral body that leaves your body. So when, when you go to bed at night or when you go into deep meditation, your soul actually can and does leave your body, but it is connected by a silver cord from your heart chakra right here in the middle of your chest. So your soul might go off anywhere, go 
around the world, doesn't matter, go up into the universe. But uh, what brings you back is that silver cord. Mm. brings you right back. It's how you find your body. When you die, that cord is severed and your spirit just goes. So the point of astral projection is taking your astral body. You, people consciously do this too, by the way. They send their body out, or their spirit out somewhere. Whether uh, some people do it just in a room, they'll be in a room with a bunch of people, and they'll all be meditating, and they'll purposefully send their their souls out of their body, and they'll look at themselves, or they'll look at the people around them, or you know, send them down to the neighbor's house. <laughs> you know, like See, people was, do some pretty interesting things. That was it. something I really. I wonder if she did that, knowing well, that exactly she was dying, was. and yeah. she was like, it was like she was doing it just because it was natural i love you guys i love you too man goodbye oh oh no 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 don't leave no (laughs) the woman yeah with your parents she she already made she was just like saying like i love you guys this is my this is my spirit's last moment with you but there's a lot of weird stories like like that where my mm -hmm. family comes from. so but as a child i remember i before i knew what it was i believed in astral projection and even um before I, I remember very specifically many dreams of me being chased by the hordes of hell. And I believe I've talked about this, or what I what I assume to be the hordes of hell. Yeah. Like just being chased. And I remember, it, I, I've talked about this on the show before because of my exploding head syndrome, which is a real thing. And hearing like this, but would wake me up out of my sleep. But it would a lot of times happen as in my dream, I'm coming right back into my body. And I'd hear this big bang, like a dumpster mm. door just slamming. Just You think that's your like I would soul hop coming back? back. And that, that's a possibility. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not. Um, but <clears throat> back like how you said both your parents saw the same thing, saw this lady come into the bed with them. Mm-hmm. I remember... I've only had one shared experience where I saw the same thing as somebody else that in quotations wasn't there. My whole household one night, my parents were gone. My parents were divorced at this time, but my dad was gone. It was me and my four siblings with this one babysitter. And we were all fighting like crazy fighting. Like it was, it was insane how hard, we were all going at each other and and the babysitter just had no control over us. And I remember I've I've talked about it on the show before, but just with you here, I don't think I've ever told you this. So standing at the front door, when you walk into this home in particular, if you stayed forward, there's a there's two steps, a landing, and then you can go upstairs and there's a window right there. And my sister and I saw these three shadows. Mm-hmm. That remind me a lot of actually, if you think of, uh, I forgot the two imps from Hercules' names. Pain, oh, and, and, pa- panic. pain and panic. I couldn't remember. It reminded that. me a lot of, a lot of the chubby one, mm-hmm. panic. I think three of them, and they were just like dancing. You could see their shadows, just their shadows, just like dancing, like they were celebrating. All mm. of us fight, and my sister, and like we knew what the trees looked like, the what the light oh, from yeah. the garage. I remember you telling me this coming in. We knew what those looked like, and this was like definitive. Like, there's three creatures up there. 
Mm-hmm. And like, I remember being terrified. And my dad talking about seeing three creatures before two, like before. And this was like after we discussed this be- amongst each other, mm. my sister and I, I think I asked my brother, like, hey, do you see that? And he's like, what? Like, he didn't see it. My sister and I saw it. But my sister and I have been closer than me and any of my siblings growing up. So maybe that was a thing, too. Yeah. But anyway, that was that was freaky. Yeah, they... <clears throat> um, there was a weird story that my um, wife worked with somebody that had their daughter being, I guess, haunted. Because... Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, but items can be haunted. People can be haunted. Mm-hmm. So it can, it doesn't matter where you live. You know what I mean? Your house can be haunted. You can move and you'll be okay. Or you can be haunted and it doesn't It'll matter. follow you. Yeah. Um, but uh, this, this girl was experiencing this man coming from her closet. And he was, it wasn't like a, a dark figure. He was like burned black, like blackened. And um, it was, it I guess a while back on the property that they lived on, a structure fire happened and this person had burned to death there. Maybe he was coming to where he thought was home and unknowingly bothering this young, this young girl. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted to ask you, I don't know if you ever heard of this, but they had a, a a glass orb and they did some type of, uh, not a prayer, but some type of session to, a seance? A seance, I guess. And to like take his energy and trap it in this ball. Hmm. And it was, it filled with smoke. And it was like. You can verify this? I, 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 I'm just saying what I heard What was like third hand. You know what I mean? I, I don't I, know I if it was curious. a parlor. I mean, from just your, even just your story. Yeah, it, I just wanted it, to ask. It sounds if it like was, that psychic imprint, actually. Well, I wanted to ask if that's something that you've ever even heard of. I've never trapped a ghost like Ghostbuster. Yeah. Okay, so but it, be, it it sounds it sounds originally like the psychic imprint where something happened and somebody was walking. Well, yeah, like well, it could be dead time. and still there. And in they that case, know. I would try to get him to go toward the light. You may not even know that he's dead. Yeah, so I don't know if it was a parlor trick or something, or if it was legitimate. I'm just. Well, it I could be. No I'm, idea. I mean, I don't discount anything yeah. that anybody is. I've never done that before. I was just wondering if you've ever even heard of that. No, I've never heard of trapping Ghostbusters. Or just maybe. Not in objects. Maybe the energy of it or something, like the imprint of it, and it's like, okay, now it's here, you're going somewhere else. Maybe, I don't know. Or it could have been something to help the family just get over it and just get back to normal life. Could be. Yeah, I, I just. I'm not sure. I've never trapped anything inside okay. of an object. I didn't know if that was even a thing. Or possible, or and what? most of the time, crystals are used to repel. Yeah, just huh. you know, they go cleanse that the they give off an energy, uh, especially when you cleanse them naturally, you know, normally and naturally, that uh, cleans out negative energy or pushes it away. So not so much like keeping it inside of it. Okay, like you were saying, the disco ball. Sure. Instead of yeah, amethyst is really good sponge. for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's crazy. I know um, there's so much stuff you could talk about with this kind of thing. Yeah. Because you're, you're talking know, about astrology like, there's, there's and no the tarot and then spirituality and then ghosts. However, and However, you took some information from him before. Would you like to talk about that? Sure. All right. Let's talk about this. What what is What exactly what is the information you took from him and what are you using it for? So I had to get his birth date 
time uh, that he was born and where he was born to see where all of the stars and planets were at the time of his birth. Nice. And, and what does that do? Uh, so, so it puts you, it into a, astrologers put it into a, a pie chart that's broken up into 12 slices. And each one of the slices represents something, whether it's who we are, our possessions, how we communicate, our families, uh, how we seek pleasure, marriage, health, spirituality, career, all that stuff is, is each one of those 12 slices. And then each one of those 12 slices is ruled by a, a zodiac sign uh, from the time we were born. And then in them are planets, so where the planet was in that sign at the time that we were born. And then we can see uh, how we view those each of those slices because of the planets and the stars that rule them. And then, of course, when you deep dive into astrology, you look at um, their aspect to one another. Are they opposing one another? Do they work in harmony with each other? So we call that a trine. Uh, do they square each other, which means they work opposing? Not in opposition, I shouldn't say that, but the energy isn't as harmonious. Uh, in that way. So lots of stuff to look at when you look at an astrology wheel. It looks like a, like a compass <laughs> and then with hieroglyphics on it. And yeah. yeah. And runes kind of like, et, like etchings of like runes or symbols and almost looks like to me, almost where you were like, it looks like squares within a circle that's within another circle. And where those squares converge is like a lot of lines, more, I don't know. I guess you can explain it better. I could see like three lines intersecting at a point and that point's highlighted and it explains something like which this. one are you pointing at um, up here? Oh, these are the aspects. So oh, these are so what I was a, talking about with trines. Those are triangles. Conjuncts. There are triangles. In there, okay. Yeah. okay. And that the triangle represents a trine. So it <laughs> says that between these three points, you have harmony between these three houses. Mm, okay. So those types of things should flow really well for you. Cool. So the first thing that I always look at whenever I look at a chart is somebody's rising sign. So it's the sign that's on the far left of the chart. It's uh, between the first and second house. It rests right there. And I like to see who rules it. And in this case, Aries rules it. So the ascendant is what was on the horizon. It was uh, the sign that was on the eastern horizon the moment you were born which we know is where the sun comes up. So it's our first glimpse into the world. So this is how people see us is by our ascendant. And the ascendant in this case is ruled by Aries. So people see John as this very fiery, passionate go-getter that um, really they, they probably think, wow, this guy starts off great. I mean, he's got great energy. But the thing about the Aries energy is it starts off really strong, but it tapers down. <laughs> so, they see him as someone that starts a project probably with all this passion and then it starts to die down and he's got to figure out mm, how, how is he going to pick that back up again? Yeah. So uh, whether it's a project, a relationship, uh, anything about, uh, and remember this is people's perception of you. So this is just what people notice about you. They see you as a strong individual, someone that's fiery and passionate about what they want, but maybe doesn't stick to it a hundred percent. Like you've yeah. got to yell taper off and then you've got to find a way to reignite the fire again. Like, Oh man, I was reading that book and it was fantastic, but I got to page 50 out of, you know, 520 and decided you know, maybe I'll pick that up a little bit later. Yeah. You know? That's very, that's very true. <laughs> so That's just uh, the ascendant. And then the other thing you look at, of course, is the sun sign. The sun sign represents our ego. 
it represents uh, what we're attaining to be. Obviously, the source of life for everything exists because of the sun, which is why it's so important. And uh, your sun sign, as most of all of us know, is about um, our zodiac sign. It, it just uh, coincides with our birthday. So, of course, this makes you a Pisces because you were born on February 27th. So, uh, because you're a Pisces, um, it actually shows that you were a very spiritual person on the inside. Like you question a lot of things. You have a lot of theories. Uh, you, you don't just throw it to the wind. You don't just say, oh no, I can't believe in any of that. The uh, Pisces energy is is very spiritual. It's very psychic. It can also be very emotional. Um, it also uh, has an addictive personality. So it can get addicted to um, a lot of things. And of course, you know, you say good or bad depending, but um, because of that addictive personality, you'll find a lot of Piscinians that um, are addicted to drugs or alcohol, mm. and that's the worst side of it. The flip side of it is um, maybe getting addicted to uh, stories or a job or, or just it, it's something that you always go back to because that's what makes you feel connected to something. Piscinians are so sensitive because they're so psychic and they can be so emotional or they cut that emotion off sometimes because it's just too overwhelming mm. that they don't feel like they belong in this world. They, they feel like they belong somewhere else. So they're always thinking about that other that other adventure or, or why is it that I feel like I don't fit in? But on the flip side, because they're fish, there's a famous saying about Piscinians is that they can swim in any pond, which means they can get along with anybody. Yeah. They can get along with any group of people. They can hop into the popular pond, the reject pond, you know, the, yeah. and, and have a conversation with anybody because the Piscinians naturally know a lot about a lot of things because they're very curious individuals. So they're always trying to figure out, you know, what's going on? How does this work? They ask a lot of questions and they learn a lot of things. It's like a curse sometimes. <laughs> oh, of course it is. Of course it is. Are you a Pisces as well? I am a Pisces. That's okay. why I know so much okay. about it. <laughs> I was going to say. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. And uh, so, interestingly enough, uh, then we look at the moon. And the moon is important because when you look at all the rest of these planets on here, um, they're not moving very fast. Mercury is moving the fastest, right? Because it's the closest to the sun. Mm. But the further you go out, when you get to um, uh, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, I mean, they're so far out and it takes them so long to make their revolution around the sun. So you, but the moon, however, is around us. So it's just constantly going around and around and around and around, right? Every 24 hours. So you got to get the time to pinpoint where the moon was, which is why I needed you to call your mother at, 9.30 at night and ask her, Mom, what time was I born? And she was like, Saturday, 8 a.m. I'm like, okay, thanks. So the moon um, tells us who we are on the inside. It tells us our soul. So where the sun sign is talking about our ego, what it is that we're striving to be, the the, the moon represents who we are on the inside. It represents our soul and where our, our passion comes from. And coincidentally, your moon is also in Aries. So everything that I said about the Aries sign, so being very fiery, very passionate, but burning out, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like getting starting off really strong, but not necessarily completing, uh, to, you know, to the point of you feeling satisfied uh, is, is a big thing for that. It's also in your first house. The first house represents ourselves. So um, who we are on the inside. So, I mean, it's, it's great because it says that you're, you're very strong. You're very dedicated. You're also very strong willed and headstrong. I mean, when you think of an Aries, it's a, it's a Ram for crying out loud. Yeah. 
So it's it's got the horns and it's ready for battle and it's going to charge, you know, clear straight in. The thing is, you got to be careful with it because unlike a Capricorn, the which is also you know a type of ram, the Aries energy. It doesn't just focus on one thing, and that's why it burns out. Because then it, it, it thinks, oh, well, I can take on this and that. And, and you just kind of keep going gotcha, and going yeah. and going, you know. And pretty soon that fire engulfs everything around you, and that's why you burn out. And then you've got to mm. either you start over on something new or you put some stuff on the back burner. Maybe you don't get back to it for a long time. So uh, that's that Aries energy that's in your first house. Okay. Your second house is ruled by... Um, Taurus, which is actually pretty interesting because that's the house that usually you always find it in. Um, Taurus energy, uh, especially in the second house, really, it tries to really hold on to possessions um, and money. It tries to be very secure, very careful with it. Mm. It doesn't want to go too crazy. However, the Taurus energy also likes to show off things that they own. They like to say... This is what I have. Look at the nice things that I am able to procure because I work hard for it. So not only are you stable with money because the Taurus energy is very stubborn. So, I mean, it's only going to spend money where it thinks it's going to make it or where it thinks that, you know, it's that there's going to be some sort of return investment. It's not just freeloading. It would never do that. So uh, when in terms of your second house where you have this Taurus energy in there that's saying, hey, I'm going to be careful about how I spend my money, but the way that I spend it, it's not just for me. <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, showing this off a little bit or doing you. something with it. Okay. So uh, I, I was like looking at that house too to see how people spend their money. Fourth house, um, I'm going to skip to that one, is about family and it's ruled by cancer. So uh, the, the cancer is the mother of the zodiac. So because it's in there, you take a very emotional cling to your family. Yeah. <laughs> like, so in in that case, it's like, not only are you the protector, but you're also like emotionally invested into it. This would be like someone who is just like amazed that you have this thing, that it's a beautiful thing and you appreciate it in, in ways that other signs might take it for granted or, or not try to care for it as much. You have to remember that cancer is a crab and a crab has a shell, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like very much like this is mine and I'm taking care of this. So family is extremely important to you. It's the first thing that you put at the front of your mind. And it's the one thing that you're going to protect over anything else because of your place in it. So it's a really beautiful thing to have in there. Um, your seventh house of marriage and partnerships, you've got a lot going on in there. It's huh. ruled by Libra, which is fantastic because that Libra energy says you want balance. You don't see either one of you, you or your partner, in this case your wife, as uh, someone having more power than the other. You want both of you to be equal contributors. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. You have Mars energy in there, which means... There can be a lot of struggle, a lot of turmoil as far as like Mars is the god of war. Mm. So it's like, oh no, yeah. So it's like, well, when I want something my way, I want it my way. Yeah. So when it comes to that, there, I mean, there can be some pretty bitter disagreements. Uh, but you also have Saturn in there, and the Saturn kind of tempers it down because Saturn is the planet of responsibility. So even when you feel like, no, I'm going to make a point, that Saturn energy says, hey, behave. Calm down, wow. you know, yeah. 
And uh, the other one you got in there is Pluto, uh, which is, oh, you got another one in there too. Uh, yeah, you got four I'm planets mess, in there. <laughs> four planets in your, in your partnership and um, marriage house. Huh. Uh, so um, also you're always thinking that, that Pluto energy, it, and I like it because it's, it's going to, it's, it's working with the, the Pisces energy. You trying to come up with different ways of making your relationship new. The hmm. Pluto energy is regenerative. So it's like you'll be going along on, on some way and then you'll end it so you can try something else. So you can bring something new to the table. Okay. Whether that's sexual, physical, going on, you know, like uh, going on a trip, going on a vacation or, you know, or something spontaneously or a new way that, that you want to, you want to try something new with your wife. You know, but you don't want, for you, things can't always stay the same. They can't be the same every single day. Yeah. So as, as long as, as long as there's change, you're happy. Yeah. You also have in there <laughs> Jupiter and, uh, okay. So Jupiter is in Scorpio in this house because you're 10 degrees, uh, going into Scorpio. Scorpio is a very, very sexual sign um it's it's very sexy the fact that you have jupiter in there means um jupiter is the king of the planets right it's the biggest one so when we see jupiter in any of these slices of the pie we we tend to think that this is where you want things to continue to grow like you want to be in charge Mm. so you bring this jupiter energy and this sexual energy in there as well and it also means that Sex is very important to you. <laughs> it makes you feel secure. It I makes am a you man. feel <laughs> Yeah, but I mean in this case it makes you feel wanted and it makes you feel in charge. Okay. So you've got the the Saturn energy in there working for you, uh, with the Scorpio. Uh you also have, like I said, the Mars, the Saturn, the Pluto. So the I need my way, and then the Saturn saying, No, calm down a little bit, because you mm. know, you do have that Libra in there. Uh, so even though you let the Libra work, when you don't get your way, it's not like you're necessarily going, okay, no problem. You're kind of like, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> I won't buy that thing or I won't do that. Yeah. Whatever. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> let's move along. I'm just going to let you quote unquote win for the sake of argument. Yeah. That's crazy. That's when I seen, I'm guessing where you said there was a lot happening. Right here. Yeah, that's where I see it in a lot of the lines converging. When I instantly when I saw that, I looked at that and I was like, hmm, "What's that?" Well, when you look at the two slices of the pie, the bottom half down here, so the first house uh, through the sixth house, they deal with um, like our everyday lives. So they deal with money, communication, family, um, how we enjoy ourselves getting by every single day. But when you start looking from the seventh to the 12th house, you're starting to think about the higher things. So it's our spirituality or it's our partnerships and, or our job and, and how we ourselves contribute to the grand design or to the greater picture. Mm. And you have a lot of planets that are in the top part. So you, you live more in a lifestyle of saying, how can what I do make a difference in the grand scheme of things? What is my legacy? What am I leaving? Is it kind of like a, like a dreamer type thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially with that Pisces energy there. I mean, yeah. that's what, that's really strong. 
your 10th house of career, I mean, you have Venus in there. So it has to be something that you love to do. Yeah. And the Capricorn energy says that, hey, when it comes to doing the thing that you want to do to make a living, you're going to focus on it and you're going to focus on it 100%, but you got to love doing it. And as long as you love doing it, you're going to do fine and you're going to be extremely successful. Mm. Well, that's good. I'm still looking, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Because you got to, the, uh. the key word is is you got to love it. Yeah. You, 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 it. It'll be something that you you've thought about for years and years and years, this is nothing. It's something you've always wanted to do. And once you get into that niche, you'll be fine. Yeah. I, I've always said to my friends and families, families, my family, like I, I love talking to people and I, I love talking and, um, getting information. Mm-hmm. I love research. Well, your third house of communication is ruled by Gemini and Gemini is the smartest I don't want to be offensive to any other zodiac sign here in the thing, Sorry. but it, 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 it is a talker yeah. and uh, it, it likes to have intellectual conversation. Yeah. And because your third house is ruled by that sign, uh, that just means what stimulates you is intellectual conversation, mm. you know, and it's not necessarily that you have to lead that Gemini energy says, I don't got to lead this whole thing. You can speak too. And we'll, we'll speak on a subject that you're learning about. Mm-hmm. And then also that you can talk about that, you know, so that, that, um, goes both ways. That's why there's two. Cause earlier when you were talking, I'm like, you could just talk and I'll just <laughs> sit here and just. This is easy. I could do this all day. Well, I've noticed that about you with conversations we've had with other people, um, particularly at work. Mm. You will step back and listen. Yeah. And then you'll come in and comment later on. Kind with, of sniper it. With, with, not as, well, yeah. With, for instance, if, if there's four or three of us having a conversation and I'm, and I'm a part of it, You'll then talk to me later about specific parts, but mm. you'll uh, you'll also talk about the part of the conversations you talked with the other person. Yeah, like you, yeah, and just I've enjoyed. I mean, like I uh, actually envision every time I'm coming back to your area, and this is silly as shit. Maybe um, not in the movie The Aristocats. <laughs> at the very end of the movie. There's these two dogs that are walking up to the house, and they're like, "Oh, here, here they come!" And I always envision myself as those dogs, <laughs> like one of the dogs that's just coming up, like, "Hey, here comes a good time. We're about to, we're about to talk about some shit. Like some of it's funny, yeah, and some of it's just silly. Some real. of well, well, and then some of it's also just talking about like one of the dogs is like." Brr. They've got some dad in you right there. <laughs> like uh, these these guys are cute, but this one's an asshole. And then the other one's just like, "Did I ever tell you about my grandpappy?" <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. For some reason, whenever I'm walking back there, I envision myself as both of those dogs okay. coming to you because it's like, yeah, either I'm gonna talk or he's gonna talk. But yeah, we're about to we're just talking. we're gonna have a good time. Like, like, and that's what I was telling you coming over here like for instance with this podcast how i when when you first presented it to me i and i said to you why is anybody going to want to listen to this i'm like i enjoy our conversations yeah and i know people around us enjoy them too just because they laugh they talk with us yeah they have a good time 
So it's like, I like talking to you. It, it's a, I feel like it's all a good time. If if someone's willing to use energy to say words, just it's almost worth just listen. Just listen for a little bit. I disagree with that. Let them hang themselves on their own <laughs> rope. But I'm also saying, what's, what's that one? Sometimes guy? you just have to let the let the person just say what they want to say, and don't take it like like you were saying. Like reflect, uh, deflect the stuff that you don't want to take in, and take in the good stuff. Like like in 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 work, I got trained by who knows how many people 10, 15, 20 people. And I took the best things from each piece and made my own thing. I didn't take the bad things from this person and the bad things from that person. I'm like, well, that's not going to work. So I'm not going to do that. Just like how I vicariously lived through my older siblings. Well, I'm not going to do that. I know I'm never going to do this. Yeah. Kind of like the same thing. That's how I, that's how actually how I, uh, I, I've based my marriage off of, my parents' marriage. I'm yeah. like, oh, you gave <laughs> you know me what the not template. To do. Not absolutely what not to do. That's how you learn. You learn so much more. I'm learning this more now as I'm getting older, because uh, the failures and the losses are a little bit more expensive or more time consuming. I guess you could say. So it's like you learn a lot from those little bits of like losses and failures compared to just winning all the time and never knowing that. Like I wouldn't. Who knows how you would be if you always won and was always on top? That would be lonely, I think. Well, in The Last Jedi, Yoda told Luke that <laughs> failure is a Jedi's greatest teacher. There it is. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you guys watched the most recent episode of The Mandalorian? No, I don't no. see anything. <clears throat> I haven't, I've only watched like the first two or maybe three, four at the most episodes. Of the whole, oh, show. The whole series. Of the yeah, I was going to yeah. say because there's only four. Actually, no, I'm, four at, the, I'm at the very end of the first season right. when they did a really good job with it. I just, I like, liked it. I enjoy westerns anyway. I don't even think you need to, but especially if you make it Star Wars and That's a Mandalorian, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yep. You don't even need to know about the Star but, Wars world, but you can just fall you into don't. it and be, it's good. Yeah, but this can. is the thing, too, for me, with so my favorite game of all time borderlands i love that series but what was level it was, up it was the first <laughs> yeah it was the first game i ever played that was a first uh, that was a fps rpg mm. so i'm playing it and i'm like well i want to do these side quests but then i come to the boss and i'm just like well you're bullshit but anyway, it's that's what the Mandalorian is. It's like, well, we have a quest for you. It's like, well, I already have a quest. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but but every episode, us. <laughs> every episode is a new quest. Yeah. So and, and it reminds me that's of true, yeah. when I play games like that, which I mean, I really haven't done other than actually uh, the last game I played like that was the the Alien, the Xenomorph game. I don't even remember what it's called, but I recommend everybody play. It's like it. the horror survival game. Yeah, you could do side quests and that, and you don't level up per se, but you definitely, you gain more skills. Like you learn how to build a pipe bomb. You learn how to make a noise distraction so you can, mm. you can call the xenomorph way far away from you or to attack somebody else. Like, yeah, deferring the energy to somewhere else yeah. just so you can get away and survive yeah. a little bit longer and Which, get more scared. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know the Mandalorian. Like it, it, I wouldn't say it speaks to me, but I just I, I really enjoyed it, Other, and not just because I enjoy Star Wars. I feel if I didn't, 
if I wasn't such, I am a big fan of Star Wars, but I feel even if I wasn't a fan of Star Wars, I'd still enjoy this show. Yeah, for sure. But I, I wanted to, um, I guess, go back a little bit, but I always wanted, I, t- I said this on uh, the episode with my sister, the last episode, where I'm hanging out with my friends, we're smoking a little bit, drinking a little bit, and we're having a blast. And then the next day, you just remember you had a lot of fun, but you don't remember those specific details that made it so fun. And I really wish I would have started this about 10 years ago because there would have been a lot. I mean, there, there's going to be a lot happening in the future, um, God willing, or whoever's up there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I always, I, like, I'm thinking, let's, let's catalog this and just talk shit, be silly, have the serious moments. Like, this was, all, this, this was a lot of fun for me, yeah. e- even though... We had some laughs and stuff, but it was still like a serious undertone. That's that's just it was a kind of lurking. It's actually, why I left the room. Yeah, it was very cool. Like I just wanted that to be between you guys. I I didn't oh. want to be a distraction. Yeah. Um. There was there was a lot. I was very right on that. As far as me. And also, at the same time, I get to listen to it later. So. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. <laughs> it's like I'm going to be a part of it, yeah. but at the same time, I just I still in this moment, I wanted it to be. Be- between you guys. Like I was out there just petting your cat having a blast. I thought you were doing something sexual. I heard it meowing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know, what you said as far as starting with a lot of passion and, and kind of fizzling out and putting it on the back burner, coming back to it, that that happened, that's been happening my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've never... Well, and the point about these readings, by the way, is uh, obviously acknowledgement is the first toward first way to or to cure mm. so when you realize that that's the energy that you're born into you don't have a choice mm. you have to master it you have to understand the behavior and then get on it and change it say no i'm not going to do this so i i so. should go into the field of like bar rescue and just go in there and be like <laughs> yeah. you guys could do it bam bam and then just disappear yes. and let them deal with the rest so write this down <laughs> this this time down this time stamp because you might want to take this out because okay, I'm not going to because you said that, but go ahead. But you might. Nah. Have you been feeling that way about this podcast recently? Oh yeah, I feel about it. You've been, but have you been feeling about that since the beginning? Because <clears throat> only recently have I really been feeling that from you. Ever since I bought the first piece of equipment, really? Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't pick up on that before, but yeah. ever since we haven't. Being able well, to meet up as often. There's, I, I there's feel. a lot. Been, I mean, and holidays, like I, family visiting, and my right. energy is kind of like partitioned out into a lot of So spaces. that's possibly mm-hmm. what it is, too. So. And like I jokingly, because I'm an asshole, I joke around all the time. I can't help myself. I was like, yeah, you know, maybe if it ends at 32 episodes, then yeah. it, it just ends. And I was totally joking. But then, like, <laughs> there's been a couple of times I've joked with you that I've had to tell you, like, hey, I'm just messing. Like, I'm just joking <laughs> oh, around. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so there's the opposite of that. There's people that I know are joking and they're like, you know, it's a joke. I'm like, dude, I, anything you say, I'm not taking serious, (laughs) but it's, yeah. yeah. That that time I I was like, I hope we didn't think I was serious. I I enjoyed doing this. No, it's to me. I love having you on. I love having you as, as like the other part, the, the, the dude, the dude. I should wear a bathrobe over here. Uh, do it as long as you wear something to cover your 
You can't see. Yeah. There's cracks. There's there. cracks in the table. I could see, but uh, <laughs> um, there's a camera. I'm not saying this in any any type of mean way or anything. Like I love talking to so many people and anybody that's willing to share something that I could learn from or whatever. But oh, I said this to my wife and she was like, "You're stupid." But I was like, "It would be so cool to be a vampire <laughs> and just never die and having all the like having this wife for seventy years and this life for." a hundred years and then everybody in that I'm not saying that would be cool to, for people to just die off and have replaced, but it's just like the, I guess the consuming portion of me as far as knowledge and just people. Yeah. Like you imagine I, though, if you were just one of those people who just <laughs> knew everything. So you're like, I've been alive 2000 years. I'm not changing for shit. Yeah. You can't have a podcast when you're 7,500 <laughs> years old. Well, and also who says that, the pursuit of knowledge ends at death. Yeah. Especially if you believe in reincarnation. I, uh, I hope it starts at death, honestly. Right. And you and you believe that throughout your lives you're learning lots and lots of things and uh either for yourself as your for your soul's development or are you sending it back into the universe? Mm. Are you sending it back to the godhead? And and just being like a a you know a cog in a in a wheel, you know, that's just going yeah. through all these experiences, learning all this stuff. And but I also don't like that feeling either. Which one? As far as just being a piece. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, like our job is kind of like that. We're all just cogs on a big sprocket that's turning a chain that's I moving mean, that's, this. That's really what everybody ends up being. Yeah, but I'm saying as, as far as like the job, like I know that's part of our life, but. It's like the job. It's like, it's almost, it doesn't mean anything. I actually thought of that today. It's weird. About how I was walking through and how we all, I feel at least, we all think we're special in one way or the other. I mean, we kind of are. We are. We're all unique. We're we're all unique and special to someone, but to the world, are we? And I, I remember thinking, I was like, everybody in this plant could die right now, myself included. And it would not matter the entirety of the world True. it would matter to the people in our lives but world keeps spinning yeah and nothing would happen other than they'd be like we got to fill 800 spots the earth will turn around that sun and, and it'll be up tomorrow and <laughs> our job would do it in under oh a week. yeah <laughs> i explained i explained to new people i'm like you know the Walking Dead when they're in the prison and all those <laughs> they're all those zombies are just shaking that fence. That's somebody waiting to take your spot when right, you die. Right. They're just ready to come in here. But um, at a lower wage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I wrote this down. I don't know if this. I don't know if it it means anything to you, but um, um, my mom had a miscarriage before me, and then so I would be considered a rainbow child. They call that right. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder how much more babying I got compared to other siblings because she was so happy that I didn't miscarry or what whatnot. I feel you'd have to talk with her about yeah. that. I, I, know, but, I know, but like, does that have anything, you know what I mean? Is that, I know we were saying earlier about C-section versus vaginal birth. Vaginal. You know what I mean? Does that really matter? When it comes, you know what I mean? You're, you're I can saying, see that they would do that, but that that's a choice your mother would make. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying as far as like you come in at this time and then it's 
mathematically the equation is there automatically as soon as you draw your first breath. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what happened before you or mm-hmm. after you. Not necessarily, no. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, it depends upon the point in which the soul decides to come into the into the womb. It doesn't happen while you're, you know, just a bunch of clump of cells. Yeah. So what, like... I feel that there's, like, a, another portion of me or something like that that I've... You feel like a piece of your soul was in that first miscarriage? I, I don't know. Not Maybe. Not to sound, like, weird about it, but mm-hmm. it's, like, I've always... There's always, I, we all have that voice in our head that's very loud. That is always talking to us, like, why'd you do that? This, like, well, just, do you feel like you're just living in the shadow of a child that was never born? No. I want to say. Like, I want to say I, I rose above it. I'm way better than that. <laughs> no. Um, I want to say it's like there's, some, there's something that I'm not getting. Like, there's a, there's, a, there's a piece missing or something that I'm just waiting for that aha moment in my life to where all these roads just meet into this one and I just fucking drive right through it. You know what I mean? I think that's, but, but I think that's within all of us. Yeah. And I think that's what helps all of us drive towards. Maybe that's just in my mind, knowing that that makes me think that's like my perception of it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I I should talk to my mom about it. Yeah. I was going to say, does it make you feel lucky that you're here? For sure. Yeah. Like you're the, even though it was not my choice where I was born and who I was born from and my religion growing up and the spiritually, that's not true. Oh, okay. In spiritual circles, some, I'm not saying that for you. I'm just saying there's a, obviously a spiritual line of thinking that says that you did choose your parents and you did choose mm. when you were going to incarnate and you did choose if if I don't know how old your sibling would have been, but if if they decided that they were gonna not go through, you know, with everything because it would set you up on a different path. Mm. Because again, we look at everything through the lens of humanity, death, bad, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's it's so primitive. I mean, there really are no absolutes. There's not really even good and evil. If everything. Everything is neutral because everything is just an experience. So, I mean, what? but what we see and what we've perceived as human beings to be a tragedy, all of a sudden you can see a blessing. Like the plane that went down in Detroit back, what was it, in the early 80s or, or late 80s? I don't remember. But the plane crashed and everyone on it died except for this one little baby. Wow. So they called that baby a miracle child and heralded it. Never mind the 70 people that died. You know, this baby lived. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like trying to find miracles in the I gotcha. in the chaos. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting, too, that we picked who and when and what. That's I, I'd never really thought of that, either. That's why I like talking to people. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. Different perspectives. Well, you have yeah. the, the idea of reincarnation as far as... Like um, Hinduist, one you know where if you're if you're a good person, then you go into a higher caste system. So um, you won't come back as a monkey or, or something unless you were really really bad, and you had a bunch of bad karma. Then you're going to come back as a bug or you know something along those lines, yeah. and you don't really get a choice in that. Karma <laughs> dictates it. But then there's a spiritual point of it, which is um, more new age than anything that that uh, 
was popularized that when you die, you stay a human. You never become a bug or yeah. or anything. You're always a human. You're always learning these things. But um, you choose when to incarnate when you want to incarnate. You choose your life path. You choose seven exit points in which you could die. Hmm. You know, at seven different times, uh, all the way up until your last one, of course. And uh, who you marry. You know, you've already worked this out with your soul, with, well, not your soulmate, but your your significant other that you chose to incarnate with in this life. You knew you were mm. going to meet and get married long before you ever did, which is why you have that feeling of knowing this person. I feel like I've known you forever. Mm. Well, it's because you did on the other side. Do you feel that way with your wife? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Because my wife believes her soulmate is her brother. Well, soulmates are a different thing, and again, yeah, and that's and and I I don't even take issue with that. Like, as far as just their connection, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's, and I I always say this stuff with a, this is, the research I've done, what I think, and when uh, souls left the Godhead, if if we go back to that idea that I said about God being an ocean, and you take the little drips, well, if you take the droplet and you were to split it in half. And one side is male and one one is female. That's where you get the idea of soulmates. Mm. And sometimes, here in, in a on purely spiritual terms, your soulmate, in that sense, does not incarnate with you normally. And the reason is, is if I'm saying that the point of life is experience, like I said whether it's for you, if that's what you want to believe, you're learning things on your soul's journey so you can reach nirvana or enlightenment, or it's going back to God, or maybe it's not going anywhere. But um, what are you learning when you're with someone that you agree with 110%? That every time you're together, it's beautiful and wonderful, and there's no conflict, no chaos, and no compromise because you guys are so connected. There wouldn't be. Yeah. So why would you incarnate together in, in that way? You wouldn't. And and that's, yeah. that, I mean, that you just bring that up. Um, the, in quotation marks, relationship I had before I met my wife, we never argued. We never fought. We never had conversations where we made each other grow. Exactly. Mm. It was just all, and I, I wouldn't even say it was easy going. It was just like, well, that bothers me, but I'm not going to talk with you about it because you're your own person. Whatever. Yeah. My wife has definitely made me grow. Yeah. I'd and, say that about my wife as well. I think I learned more from her than any other person I've had a relationship in my life. That should be. Is this a number you're giving me? Is this your phone number? No, just don't even open that. Don't right open? Now. Okay. Um. So I, I wrote down self-sacrifice and... Uh, it could have been, I think, because of the rainbow child uh, thing that I talked about. That you said that possibly they chose to do that because they would deflect me in a way that possibly was a more negative, mm-hmm. and that could hurt me or other people or just whatever. That's, well, and just think about how different your life would have been had you had an older sibling. Yeah. Well, it was it would have been an, another boy, mm-hmm. which would have been cool, I guess, because I only have one brother and seven sisters. So I'm like, bring it on, lots of boobs. Where's all the dudes? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, 
but yeah, I always thought, oh, it'd been so cool to have this because I had an older brother, but he was way older. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like ten years. He has nothing to do. You know what I mean? And totally different ends of the spectrum as far as life goes. Is that still? Uh yes. Okay. Yeah, a lot more now than ever because I don't really talk to him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was always like, oh, if I had a brother that was like two years older than me, we'd be so close and it would be so much fun. But I don't know that. I don't know because I have, I have four brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I have six. All very close Ooh. in age, and I'm I'm closer to Jonathan than I am to any of my brothers. Mm. And I work with one of my brothers. Yeah. And I have. My, I'm I'm closer to my friends than I am with a lot of my brothers, but family isn't something that was really instilled. Yeah, with us. And I, I mean, the main thing that was instilled was listen to your parents, or we're gonna hurt you. Yeah, yeah. My mom was, oh, that's but that's your sister, or that's your brother. So I should just give up on, or not give up, but like forget all this shit that happened. Right. It was that. That was. Like I, that was never my favorite. Like as a young, I'm like, okay, when I was younger, okay, mom, okay. But no, now that I'm older, I'm like, no, I'm not going to just, oh, you're my friend. So I'm just going to, yeah, all the shitty stuff you Let did. Let you abuse me because yeah. you're family. It, it, no. It's okay. I'm not enabling anybody. I don't want to be enabled if I have an issue or a problem. And I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just. I don't know what you want to call it. I've never really talked about this on the show, but I, I don't know if my brother's listening to the show. If he is, I love you, but I've never, there's been moments where it was like a close connection, kind of, kind of, but mainly not. I think more, that's why that fourth house of family with that cancer in there, like I said, it's very protective. Mm. And so I think it's very much trying to not be what, you had or or examples that you see around you you really want to kind of keep this one mm. to yourself and nurture it in a way that you think is completely different yeah than what you saw yeah i i, I don't even want to put out any air out any dirty laundry about our family problems because that's a whole other podcast that's another show <laughs> <laughs> that's not even another show that's like all right i need somebody to write this shit down and make a book out of it but <laughs> but yeah i don't it's like as a young person, you hold grudges and you're just like, oh, I'll hate you forever, whatever. But as an adult, I'm like, I don't have time for that. And my, I don't have, I don't have that square footage in my brain to hold on to this. So I always so, remember my mother. I, I'm not, I'm not going saying to. like, she's like, I don't care. She's, what am I, what am I trying to remember exactly what she said? She's like, I don't even think about it. Like if I, if I hated this individual or if I disliked this individual, that would be taking up more space than mm. I'm willing to even give them. Like I just don't care. Yeah, I don't. I wish I could remember her actual words for it. Just yeah, I there was people in my family that were close that <clears throat> said stuff that they they wished ill will on him. I guess you could say. And I was like, the best thing you could probably do is wish him a long life to reflect on this stuff and possibly change. Or if you're into it, have him 
struggle and think about it every day and it eats them away. You know what I mean? Isn't it interesting how talking about psychic phenomena brought us around to talking about our family? Yeah, right. that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about just now. Actually, well, it's, I mean, it's all in there. It's all. It's such a. It's such a. It's well, that's not, the reason I like doing it. To be honest cool. with you, I like opening them up the conversation. I always feel, especially with the tarot cards, that they're just a mirror. And and certainly, what I showed you. I mean, this is your life. So, I mean, it's it's a mirror of yourself that you're able to look at and go, "Do I do that? Am mm. I like that?" man, I guess I am. Or, or you go, absolutely, yes, that's, oh, man, I, I got to change that since now I understand that that's just the circumstances I was born in. Mm. So I like using it as a as a guide or a path to say, hey, let's let's look at the influences around you and whether they're family or yourself, your own you know self-destructive tendencies, and uh, what are you going to do to fix it, mm. to get the outcome in life that you want? Yeah. Yeah, I feel... It's good to have people that are positive and smart and that can see these things and be like, no, yeah, you do. You do do this. Mm -hmm. Like, no, like, no, these three out of three out of four people other than you are saying yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Look, I'll tell you, I've given readings to some very stubborn people that tell me I'm wrong and they call me up the next day or three days later and they say, no, I'm sorry, you're right. I just didn't want to admit it. Yeah. Or it'll be something about a job and they're like, no, that's not going to happen. And then they'll call me up and say, oh my God, I got the job. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Sometimes (laughs) it's very, you know, your your ego gets in the way and and you don't want to admit, you know, maybe certain things about yourself or about a loved one. You know, and you're yeah. just kind of like, no, I mean, believe me, I get it. It's not giving readings to people is not all lollipops and raindrops. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost um, like you were saying about ego, like people that do uh, hallucinogens and they get that ego death and they see like everything that they've thought of up until that up until that point changes and everything after that will be different mm-hmm. because they got whittled down back to a stick figure of ego. And now it's like, okay, I don't have the shit to hang on to. I don't have to project something to make somebody think that I'm not this or I am this or whatever. Like, that's one thing I think to me is that if you know in yourself that you're not this, that should be enough. It shouldn't, you shouldn't have to like, Oh, well check this out. I'm not this or I am that. Mm. You know what I mean? I used to get that a lot. When I first got back involved in theater, everybody thought I had this huge ego about myself. Like, they just thought I was walking and going, I'm the shit, and I know you? it. And, yeah, see, <laughs> even him. But, honestly, I was in there going, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, yeah. and I'm terrified of everybody. Yeah. Just all the time. And I remember the first time I heard about it, like, this one guy was like, I, I did a show, and he goes, well, I don't mean mean to stoke your ego any more than it already is, but you did a really great job in that show. And I'm like, <laughs> like I just remember, like, gasping a little bit, going like, that's so sweet that you would say that first part, but that second part's complete bullshit. Like, <laughs> that's in I your head. But- I didn't think I did any of it. I don't ever think I'm good enough for any of this that I'm, I'm doing community theater. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying my best and thinking I'm failing all the time. And everybody yeah. just thinks I have this huge <clears throat> ego about myself back then. I don't, I don't know what people think now, but I'm just like, that's not who I am. You were in that basement folding laundry, scared to death, yelling at the windows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, 
What do you guys say? We've been at it for two hours here. I think we, yeah. we hit a lot of stuff. Put a bow on it. We could. <laughs> we could. Jonathan, tell us a joke. Well, going back to the Starbucks and the in the church, there's <laughs> one that I I hate puns. I absolutely hate <laughs> no, them. I don't know the why passion. they're so good. I hate I know you do, and that's why I'm gonna tell you this one that I know that does make me chuckle. How does Moses um oh wait a minute. How does Moses like his coffee? He brews it. Yes, he oh. brews it. <laughs> I think you have, you have to emphasize the he part. He brews it. <laughs> I just emphasized the Bruce part. You knew that was coming. You're like, he Yeah, he was it. excited for that one. I don't know if you heard it or not. Well, that's used, a good one. Because they had it, it still made me at laugh. a church I like, went I'm to years very ago. very happy. But that's I was funny. just like, oh, God. Like, both of us are still smiling. Sometimes the like, honest, I'm, I'm lame jokes happy. are the best ones. Oh, they were, oh, God, we're all, I just think they're awful. He's about they, to be a dad. We're all dads here, so they're all great. Nice. scratch my brain. Well, congratulations on about oh, to be a he's, dad. They're trying. Oh, well. Like, <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> he's like, I'm still doing this. Yeah, it's not it. I mean, like, about to be as I'm speaking that into existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's about to be a dad. Yep. It's, it's called gonna the be a, law of attraction. going to be a cool ass kid. You could do a whole. Uh, yeah, he is. A whole. Uh, he's going to have Uncle Michael on down the, the street. He, teach him how to bash <laughs> nerds while he's learning how to be a nerd. <laughs> Uh, well, and I'd be the one teaching him how to be a nerd. He's he's Jonathan's the one teaching him how to bash. Yeah, bash <laughs> with a lightsaber. Yeah, with a lightsaber of knowledge. And <laughs> at this point, in our future, he might be a real lightsaber where you could actually. Did you see the dude yeah. who made the real lightsaber? By the way, I'm it's scared. Awesome. It's awesome. I'm gonna yeah take my money. No, <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Oh, you need a lighter? Yeah. It's like my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. You should. You should hey, Google baby, it. you want to kill all humans? <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this podcast. Google the lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jonathan, thanks, man. Thanks for coming out here and thanks for the reading. That was really cool. Yeah, thanks oh, a lot. Welcome. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Um, yeah. Anybody want to? You want to plug anything? No? <laughs> Kroger. <laughs> no, he doesn't yeah, have to talk about that. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, thanks for everybody. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. And um, yeah, hopefully we do another 30 next year. Or 33. 33. Next year. This isn't our last show. Uh, probably not for the year. Maybe wow. Maybe one or two more. Four more. <laughs> I like that number. I was thinking 50 a year, but that was... Oof. We started two weeks off a year. I yeah we started late. We hit this pretty hard. Anyway, yeah, let's do it. Thanks everybody.